So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. All right, guys. Remember how I told you I eat feedback for breakfast? This one I had to eat for breakfast this morning. All right. Uh, here's the thing. I got a one star from KW85233. KW85233 said, mixed review, one star. She said, five stars for content, one star for audio quality. It sounds like an old... 1966 Ford Galaxy 500 AM radio that has been sitting in the Arizona sun for a few years and the dashboard's one speaker is dried out and vibrating. I like the content but cannot tolerate the sound quality. So I uh, KW8523, I appreciate this. So here's here's what we did, guys. So first of all, one of our listeners, because of this, because of a comment that we had before this about something similar to this, one of our listeners, Justin Warsham, was kind enough to get on video with me, and he analyzed my my setup, my soundboard, and everything, and he helped me retune it and everything. So that's one thing that I've done. The second thing is I'm no longer allowing people to come on the show as a guest with a with a computer audio only. They have to have a headset because if they have a headset, it cancels out a lot of background noise and it's a lot clearer. And the third thing is if people are doing a joint interview, I know I've had some joint interviews recently where there's two people that I'm interviewing them and, and, the, and it tends to... When it tends to make them farther away from the computer, and uh, it's not a direct sound. So now I'm, if I have a joint interview, I'll ask them to join the meeting separately in separate rooms with separate speakers. And I'm, I'm asking people to have their, you know, a professional microphone and/or professional headset with them in order for them to come on the show from here on out. And I am no longer doing any shows unless I'm in my studio. And I had some really bad quality because I, you know, took some of these outside of the studio when some work was being done on my house, and that was a mistake. So thank you for the feedback. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first. And then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman.
Hey, real estate rock stars, welcome to the State of the Market Weekly Update, your podcast for all the news and happenings and what's going on in our beloved real estate world. I am uh, your co-host, Kevin Kaufman of the Next Level Podcast. That's Kevin and Fred's Next Level Podcast. My host, my regular co-host, Pat Hyben here is out today, and so we've brought in a better-looking, younger version, maybe even a little more technology, technologically advanced. Uh, hopefully, he has a better grasp on the English language than I do. Ben Bresington. Ben is the co-founder of Hello Alex, uh, which is a company we'll hopefully talk about here for a few minutes. But a uh, quick thing on Hello Alex, which is an, which I know is uses all of the buzzwords that are going on in the real estate and tech uh, worlds today. But just to give you a heads up on some of the insights that Ben has, their company, Hello Alex, processes over 200,000 conversations a month for real estate agents. So to say that they have an understanding of what's going on with trends and data, particularly how agents uh, interact with clients or prospective clients and leave deals on the table would be an understatement. So Ben, uh, welcome to the State of the Market podcast. How are you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm super excited to be here. And, and, and to be called a better looking Pat, I'm like, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. I'm not really too sure. Yeah, I got to be honest now. I hope Pat doesn't listen to this because I just, I looked up and I'm like, man, he looks like a younger Pat. Like this is, this is awesome. Like, you know, I don't know how, how long it's been since Pat's had, had hair. I, I sense that it's been a while too. You, you're obviously rocking the same style that myself and Pat do. And I thought, man, I, I feel like I could just be talking to Pat like 20 years ago. This is pretty cool. So. Well, I'll, I'll take it as a compliment and I'll, uh, I'll use my box of tissues later. It'll be fun. <laughs> Awesome. Well, hey, Ben, I, we, Pat and I both really appreciate it. Pat's out on vacation with his family this week and enjoying some time off. And so he arranged for you and I to do this show together. And he's spoken very, very, very highly of you and your partner, Dave, to me over the last six months or so since him and I have been working on this podcast. And so we thought it'd be cool to have you on this week and talk about the, the going-ons in uh, the real estate world. I'm super excited and uh, I get to hear a lot of great insights from people in the field and even internationally. So that's super exciting to have like insights from people who are like spotting trends at a local level and a national level because some of these things aren't in the news. And that's what some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today is like this insight is not what you're going to find on, on Forbes or CNN or on some of the real estate websites because it's coming from people who are actually on the field. Uh, and Hello Alex is super exciting. Uh, the main thing we do with real estate agents is help them say hello and more importantly, help them stay in front of their clients and their, their, their leads because the biggest mistake we see a lot of agents making is they get forgotten. They literally get forgotten by their leads and their clients and that's why, like, it's amazing. We see agents buying the same lead multiple times through the lead cycle and like, so if you're paying $5 or $500 for that lead and you've paid for it three times, you've really got to understand what the hell is going on in your business and understand why there is so many people out there to replace you. Because let's face it, in any other business, that ain't acceptable. So why do we tolerate and accept it in the real estate space? But uh, I know Kevin and I are going to get into some media discussions and uh, he's going to get maybe slapped around by an Australian today. So uh, Kevin, what do you reckon? Yeah, man, I, I, no, I love that. That's a passion of mine is helping agents understand kind of what's going on, what, what is happening in their business. And, you know, so many folks, I was talking to a couple agents, not a couple, a couple, like, you know, 100 or so agents last week in Northern California Bay Area. And we're talking about, 
internet leads because it's, that's, you know, everyone's always looking for leads. And I, I just laugh because like the game isn't leads. The game is like converting those leads and staying in front of and on top of those people and making sure that they, you just said the word forget, like don't forget us because well, so easy. Understanding the leads, right? Like, and every lead is not the same. Uh, every lead source, every lead type. And like, they just don't even understand expired listings. And I am, to be honest, I'm in favor of the new rules that you can't call expired listings and the changes that are happening. You're well aware of that, right, Kevin? No, tell me about that. Oh, this is, okay, so if you're in California and they're working on it in Florida right now, and it's actually being applied in, throughout Canada, so expired leads. These are the people who, if you're unaware of what an expired listing is, I'm gonna give you a crash course. It means they listed with a real estate agent and that agent failed to sell the property and now that person is in limbo. So what typically happens, let me explain what typically happens for this lead. You can buy these leads cheap, yep, cheap, right? But here's the experience for that lead. Within the first 72 hours of your property becoming expired, the average person gets 300 phone calls, text messages, ringless voicemails, like, People have literally disconnected their phone, changed their voicemail, or had to switch their phone off for 72 hours, right? Because like now, every real estate agent's coming out of the woodworks to say, I can sell your house, right? Because like the, the previous agent didn't, right? So, but think of the consumer experience. And what a lot of agents are failing to understand is the industry is changing because it's no longer accepting, to be honest, these BS consumer experiences, because you wouldn't tolerate that, but yet you think it's acceptable to run your business that way. Does that make sense? That's, yes, that totally makes sense. I love it. I was having this conversation not too long ago as well. Like uh, I was talking with an agent who, who they specialize, like what they do, like they specialize their time in going after expired listings, but they don't do it that way because they understand that all agents, not all, the majority of agents behave that way. Like they're just going to call, call, call. And that first 72 hours is such, I mean, it is such a headache for the consumer. And one of the things I've tried to drive home to people, whether through one of the podcasts that I do or through my live speaking events is to understand that the reason why technology is here and is disrupting the real estate agent, the real estate brokerage is because of the consumer experience and what the consumer behavior is telling us because they want a different experience. They do not want to continue on with the same experience they've had for however how, however long this system has been set up. It sucks for the oh, consumers. Yeah, and, and the consumers have resulted in getting laws changed. It's now illegal for you to call expired listings. You can lose your license, you can get fines, all this type of stuff, which is, there's so many agents who are actually using text messages and ringless voicemails. They're unaware that ringless voicemail, voicemail drops, whatever you want to call it, is under the TCPA, which means you can be sued for every voicemail you have ever sent. Not what you've sent that person, what you have ever sent. So big changes are coming. Big changes are already occurring. And if we as agents don't continue, or I shouldn't say continue, most, in most cases, if we as agents don't start to adapt the way we do business, change our business, change the way the consumer views and experiences us, we're going to find ourselves probably in a different industry soon. Is that, I mean, would you agree with that? Well, 
Even uh, even if you transferred your job to McDonald's right now, McDonald's is replacing the, check, uh, the, the cash register person. Uh, so the thing is you really want to be aware of that. The consumers are standing up, consumers are speaking out, and it's about time you respect the, the consumer experience and the, the behavioural process because if you don't respect it, it will be used against you violently, and you really just want to be aware of that. So the other thing uh, I want, do want to point out, expired listings still can be very beneficial. There's massive opportunity, but what most people fail to realize is that the leads, the expired listings are about 70% more likely to close between days 45 and 60 of the exp after the, uh, the expired listing. So they expired on day one, 45 to 60, day 60. They're 70% more likely to uh, close. But the reality is, how many agents are staying in front of those leads that long? None. I, I mean, almost none. There's a few, because I know, I, know, I know some of them and they're kicking butt. Uh, but it's such a, it's, it's no different than like internet leads. Like we get a bunch of leads on our website. What we don't realize is that same lead is on 10 other websites. And in, in the United States, on average, they're not contacting the agent. For, they're not in touch with an agent for eight months down the road. Yep. Yet everyone fights in the first week or two. 96% yep. of the time, those people aren't contacting an agent for eight months. Yet we fight for about a week or two. Some of us have like really great 10-day plans, two-week plans, and that's about it. But anyways, I digress. You and I could probably go on about this forever. Let's talk about some of the news. I think the biggest thing that's come out in the last just 48 hours, 72 hours has been this Remax Redfin partnership has come to an abrupt end. Um, Pat and I talked about this when it first came out. I'll be honest, I was the first guy to say, I thought this was kind of a cool move for both companies. The reason being is Remax obviously has the sales force. Uh, Redfin obviously has the leads and they have the technology to bring people in. But Mr. Adam Contos, who is the CEO of uh, Remax, and I believe a, a very smart guy and an upstanding guy, he pulled the plug on this and I would, you know, what I'd like to do here, Pet, is just, I'm going to read the email he sent out to his associates yesterday and then just kind of get your thoughts on it. Go for it. So, so Adam sent out an email that says, dear brokers, owners, managers, and agents, as you are aware, last week, Redfin announced the introduction of a program that would encourage buyers not to use agents on listings where the seller is represented by Redfin. That program goes against every value Remax has had for more than 45 years. I feel very strongly and passionately about that, as does our board of directors and my leadership team. We strongly believe the role of an agent in the transaction for both buyers and sellers is more important than ever, providing professional guidance and protecting the interests of consumers in a large, complex financial transaction. Therefore, we have begun the process of dissolving our exclusive referral agreement with Redfin. For offices and agents who find value in being a Redfin referral agent, we aren't suggesting that you should change direction. We don't know what Redfin's plans are, but presumably they will continue to operate their partner agent program in the absence of our exclusive referral agreement. And as always, you have the freedom to run your business as you see fit. It is our understanding that the discounted 25% referral fee rate will be honored for those who enrolled in the program following our announcement or have already begun the onboarding process. At R4, which is their summit, we announced our core values, M-O-R-E, deliver to the max, customer obsessed, do the right thing, and together everybody wins. We feel strongly that, this, that the dissolution of this agreement allows us, allows us to stay true to them, our North Star. Sincerely, Adam. Um, what do you think about that? 
Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Ben. Well, my initial reaction is that it's short-sighted. But I'm, I'm, an, I'm an Australian who's got a, a crazy down-under opinion, right? Uh, I think it's short-sighted. And, and the thing is, is this is now we're getting into the brokerage battle wars of whose brokerage is best. Redfin is this, let's face it, it's a punk-ass kid that's now stepped up and said, I want to wear the big boy shoes, right? Um, and the old boys are saying, are trying to slap it around and saying, this ain't how you play the game. I've been on the flip side of a lot of these other bigger companies, these bigger brands who have approached us from a data perspective. And I'd honestly have to say a lot of these companies are lost. They are literally lost. And just because they're buying all these big tech companies and spending billions of dollars actually means they're dumber because they've got no creative intelligence on the inside to innovate and create. So the thing is, is just because you're part of a big brand doesn't mean you're safe because the people at the top can be making decisions, not factoring in all the data or the insights. So I think from my perspective, this is short-sighted. Redfin are playing the game a new way. They've changed the rules of the game. Uh, I think Remax are trying to hold on to their old rules of the game and go like, I've got the ball and I'm going to play it this way. And I think it's, it's not enough. You can't stop Zillow. You can't stop Trillia. There is going to be some new big players step up. There's a lot of issues on the MLS front right now, like massive issues. There's a lot of issues coming with data transparency. And I think just saying no because Redfin's trying to uh, reduce the, the buyers, uh, the reality is, is the cost to sell a home in the US is two to three times higher uh, than any other developed nation in the world. The world. So why should we fight to hold on to a buyer's agent? When let's face it, if the transaction is going to be broken down to maybe handling the legals, and I've gone through some of these real estate agents with the, the buyer's side, and th there was no service, there was no obsession, there was no value delivery. I've had to do the contract myself sometimes. So what the bejesus am I paying for? Yeah, you know, I, I, so I don't disagree too strongly with your sentiments. What, what I think that Adam and Remax got right here was that they had to send a message to their agents that they are trying to protect them because we've, the thing, I'm looking at this, the viewpoint of the brokerage, and they're looking at this as we've got a, what's the message we're going to send the, our customers, which are the real estate agents currently. We, now, I agree with you the, with the way things are changing. Don't get me wrong. I think that they had to create some sort of separation. I think that Adam handled it very well probably as well as he could in a situation that he, he obviously, I would say, I say obviously, obvious to me, my assumption is that this was a little bit blindsided. Um, I don't, obviously, I don't think he knew this was coming. He never would have entered into the agreement because no one wants to have to go back out of something. Outside of that, I, I agree with pretty much everything else you just said. I just, I think that Remax had to do this in a way because they I, are- I like what you said. There's one thing you said. And I, I do want to draw this out. And, I, and this is what most people don't speak about. And that was that they're doing it to protect their client, which, oh. is, the, which is the brokers and the agents, not the consumer. I agree. Listen, man, I, well, that's my, and that is my whole beef with the entire industry is all of the education and all of the stuff out there. Right? It, it's about how do we protect our commissions and, our, and our, basically our money our industry, when I say our, I mean as a realtor, and nobody, not enough of us, when I say us, I mean realtors in the United States of America are talking about 
how do we protect or provide something better for the consumer? And I think those of us who decide to put the consumer first, put their experience first, are going to be the ones that survive this massive disruption over the years. And they'll be able to still have a business. And those that don't are going to find themselves in a totally different industry. Like you said, probably not a McDonald's because the machines are going to replace them there too. So, But it's like, I get that. And that's why I say it's a little short-sighted in the sense that, yeah, we're protecting the, the, the agent, but it's not protecting them because the jungle is still coming out here to kill us. Like we're still in the jungle of the real estate world and it's getting bulldozed, it's getting cleared out, there's high rises going up on this side with all these other billion dollar companies and then there's this group who's like the big gorillas who are trying to protect their freaking little cubs and they don't realize that sooner or later there's just going to be a cage put around them and the world's moving on. So I, I certainly wouldn't want to be in Adam's shoes. Like I totally get that. I've said that since I met the guy like because I really like Adam. He's a real smart guy, real good guy too. And I feel like he's got an uphill battle. And, you know, the, the reality is, is there's this, eh, I don't know. I think we could probably debate this for hours. I, I see both sides of it. I, part of it is I, I'm intrigued by both sides of it too. Obviously, I make my living as a realtor. It's my, my core business is we, we help people buy and sell real estate. And I also love technology and I love disruption and I love the possibilities it brings. I think what's most important here for Remax is what's the next move? It's not this. It's what's the next move? I think they had to do this. I really believe they had to do this because based on the news that with Redfin coming out, unveiling their plan, I believe that they had to do this. But what's the next move? That's what I'm going to keep my eye on and be interested. So how, yeah. do you, how do they protect for the buyer's market? So what does that buyer's agent look like? Like, let's, let's just, like what do you think that looks like for the next 12 to 24 months? Maybe I'm not sure what your question is. Like, be, be more specific for me or, or ask me that in a different way. Because Redfin's trying to say that the, the buyer's agent no longer applies in the transaction, right? They're trying to say, wh why? We've got all the data. We've got everything here. We're simplifying and automating everything. We've automated what the buyer's agent should be doing, effectively. Right. So they're saying, you don't need to pay twice for something that's no longer needed, which is in the consumer interest. So if you're an agent who's trying to do the buyer side of things, how do you stand out? Where, what's your well, you you get listings, first of all, and you demonstrate your value. You learn how to negotiate. So here's the, here's the other side of that, though. This is the other side of the coin that I think most agents would probably want to argue with as well or argue with me uh, like on my side of this is that that sounds good and that sounds in the best, behavior, in the best interest of the consumer. However... What happens so often is when one side gets that much control is all of a sudden it's not about the consumer's interest. It becomes about that company's interest because they have more control over it or in that case, all of the control. And yeah. my hunch is that the buyer would not have representation. They would not have the ability to negotiate and they won't, they, quite frankly, they won't have somebody who has, a, who has a fiduciary responsibility to them. So what we can do as agents, number one is get listings. But number two, how to represent our buyers is we can learn to negotiate. We can learn how to make sure that our clients are getting a fair and equitable deal. And because, guys, there's going to be times when consumers get screwed over by these consumer-friendly companies, and not even because they intend to, but because sometimes stuff happens, especially when it's automated in a process like this where, number one, it's legal. And also, like, it's an art. Like, sometimes foundations crack. There's a lot of – sometimes things just happen in a real estate transaction there isn't an algorithm for. And for those of us that can be there, be present 
and actually be able to demonstrate the ability to help our clients avoid landmines, negotiate the best deals for them, and not just accept the deal that's on the website, those are going to be the ones that can survive. I think those are right now really basic things. I think that's awesome. I think that's what people need to be writing down off this podcast right now is I need to learn how to negotiate and play the game within this system because the, the game board has been defined. And now we just need to learn how to play the game within the game to win. And learning how to negotiate is really what they've really got to focus on and playing the game because you can still negotiate with these systems. Just because it's automated doesn't mean there's not opportunity. So I, I can't wait to see what the next big news and the next big play from Remax is. Same here. You know, it's kind of like going to, and then we'll move on. It's kind of like going to a new home community where, you, sure, uh, somebody can go in unrepresented. And a lot of cases, they think if they go in unrepresented, they're going to get a better deal. What they don't realize is they're usually nine times out of 10 going to get a worse deal. Because I can't tell you how many times, as an example, I've got a, an agent who we've been in business together for six years. She used to work in the new home communities year, like 15 years ago. I uh, got out of real estate, jo- joined our company six years ago, and she co- I see her continuously advocate for her clients and get her clients deals that I honestly didn't even think were possible. And I'm a pretty darn good negotiator. Like I've practiced, I've learned the art of a negotiation. And when it comes to new home builds, I've seen her do some pretty amazing things. I always say that if I ever go buy a new home build, I'm taking Stephanie Piper, who's the name of our agent. Uh, on our team, I'm taking her with me to represent me because she'll more than cover her fee or it's not even her fee. It's the fee that the seller or the builder will pay me. And so I think what we've got to realize is that there is the ability to go out and provide real true monetary value to our clients, no matter who the seller is, no matter what the technology landscape is like, but we're going to have to focus on that. Exactly. All right. So moving on, uh, lots of other things, you know, you and I were we're chatting offline before we got started. We're talking about mortgage applications being down. Uh, they were up the week before, then they were down. I mean, what do you what do you think of that? Like, what's going on? Is do, does this trade in? Is this because of the trade wars? Is this just because of the market? You just your sense thing uh, of what's going on, Ben? Because you see so many different conversations with realtors. What's uh, what is when I say mortgage applications are down the last week? What do you first think? Well, I, I 100% agree. I think there's a lot going on and people aren't aware of the, the international tariff plays that are going on right now. There's international things and people are starting to second guess, should I go for that money right now or should I just wait a little bit longer because things will get cheaper, the deals will get better. I speak to a lot of people internationally and they feel that the market is going to crash in the US. They literally think that it's going to decline significantly and they would rather wait. So it's it's only understandable that the mortgage applications are down because they know it's going to be a better deal for them, uh, particularly people internationally who are playing the game. Uh, and they see, I think uh, people who are looking from an international perspective are seeing the bigger games at play because uh, they're not just looking at like Phoenix, Arizona, for example. Uh, they're looking at the bigger opportunities. So there's a lot of also big money. Like Asia has big money in property in, in development and investments and they're funding a lot of deals through like most people aren't aware of like hong kong bank right mm-hmm. and, and there's some big china investment houses that are the funders for some of these big property developers here and they're saying cool down what do you think's going on yeah you know man i i i agreed to retire that my crystal ball broke a few years ago 
because I just, I'm terrible at predicting the future. Uh, I see trends and I just try to pay attention to the trends and what that tells me. Um, so I'm the type of guy, I'll wait and see how mortgage applications do over the next month, two months, uh, before I go on the record as predicting anything, that's, that's for sure. But I'll tell you, if anything, if nothing else, it's interesting. I love seeing the sort of kind of the, all the different things that are playing into what's happening. I mean, I saw it wasn't even just a month ago where Freddie Mac came out and said, hey, like rates are actually going to average lower this year than last year. And everybody expected the rates to be up this year. And I fully believe that has to do with the fact that there are some things at play that could be taking the market backwards. And so, of course, the economic controls in the United States are going to do everything they can to you know, to keep it propped up before we hit another recession. So uh, that's just my guess. But so, but what about the luxury property market? Let, like, so uh, what was that stat we were talking about before? That uh, the sales of homes at two million dollars or above fell sixteen percent. Yeah, that's a big sharpest decline since two thousand and ten. I mean, that's almost a decade ago. And then you look at the supply actually rose by fourteen percent. As that's a bad combination when the number of sales go down, but the number of supply goes up. Now, I'm not a luxury agent. I don't even play one on TV or the internet. We sell a handful of luxury homes every year, five to 10 a year. Uh, so definitely not, a, I would not consider myself a luxury specialist. However, I know that that's not a good combination. So uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what that says to you. I'm curious what your, what your take is on that, Ben. Uh, it, it's fascinating because I've been looking at a lot of properties in this area and uh, in the, this new development community, uh, there's a lot of properties over 1.2. And I, the number I love to look at is days on market, days on market. And they're in the hundreds over, over a year. They've been on the market over a year. And then I love seeing the data because I get to click the pricing history. Some of them have dropped a uh, hundred thousand, 500,000 or a million bucks. And they're still, on market and, and then you can also see the foreclosure data associated with that it's it's just fascinating uh there's going to be a huge opportunity and one of the big things for with this price point is there's no instant that hasn't connected to the iBuyer model yet of that instant transfer that cash offer so when you're talking about luxury properties it is its own specialty game yeah and there's a whole there's a lot more of an emotional buyer experience to that and that's where the numbers sometimes aren't making sense yeah, you know, there's there is so much to that goes into a luxury purchase or sale that is going to be hard, if not impossible, for the for the eye buyers to ever get into. Uh, especially not not that they couldn't quote figure it out. I think the bigger problem is is you're dealing with such a bigger risk. You know, four, five, seven, eight times the loss, and their wins aren't that big to begin with. Their wins are about controlling the number of transactions not really the amount of money that's being exchanged that's exchanging and so my guess is like that's another thing like if you're listening and you're wondering how do i survive the i buyers if you're in a market where the i buyers are like in phoenix just just over 25 percent of all listings that hit the mls have had an offer from one of the i buyers prior to hitting the mls so they're alive and well here like this is ground zero for them and five years five years ago is when open door started in phoenix and so if you're someone who's going, hey, how do I survive this? What's, what's my next incarnation of my business look like? It may look like luxury. That may be the thing that helps you add another 10, 15 years onto your business and maybe even grow it from where you're currently at. So it's interesting, man. I got to tell you, mortgage applications going up, going down. 
luxury market, seeing the kind of you know 16% decline in sales uh, over the last year in the first quarter, as well as the supply going up. That tells me something's going on, and I guess we're just going to have to keep our eyes on it, huh? Uh, one of the factors that I think people want to watch as well is the baby boomer change. And I think oh. one of the things that we aren't factoring in is the uh, baby boomer cycle. We have to step back a little bit and look at the data from a bigger data cycle perspective because there's a lot of baby boomers who are in million-dollar houses because of the equity growth that they've had or they were doing well, they bought a big home. So also there has to be a lot of watching and, and being aware of that. And so I, I totally agree with Kevin. Like There is a massive opportunity for agents who get smart, specifically in the luxury market. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Ben, I appreciate you you stepping in and filling filling big shoes for Pat Hyben. I mean, that guy is a legend in our industry. He's got uh, the top rated podcast in our entire industry, and uh, he's a smart guy. And he kind of I love the fact that he he loves to keep up with what's going on. And him and I have a lot of fun doing this podcast. So I would say, man, all things considered, you did a fantastic job. If you this hello Alex technology thing doesn't work out for you. You know, give me a ring. Maybe we'll start a podcast together or something. <laughs> oh, we'll see. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, Ben, with uh, Hello, Alex, please give uh, my hellos to your partner, Dave. Tell him I said hi. We missed him. And uh, I'm sure that sure that he missed us too. But again, sincere thank you from Pat and I and real estate rock stars out there. Guys, go out. Have an amazing week. Use some of this information to ask yourself better questions so you can get better answers for the future of your business and we love feedback send us messages feel free to, to comment on the youtube channel on the real estate rock stars come into the facebook group next level agents that i run along with the next kevin and fred's next level podcast give us feedback there we'd love to hear from you and yeah thanks a lot guys and real estate rock stars next level agents we will see you guys next week Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Market. If you have any news you would like us to cover, please go to Next Level Agents on Facebook or send an email to info at rebusuniversity.com. That's info at Rebus University, R-E-B-U-S, university.com, and we'll be sure to bring it up. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.